was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. The droids are clean, the vaporizers are patched, and the speeders fueled. It's time to pick up some blue milk and power converters. You're listening to Toshi Station Radio, brought to you by the Majestic Giraffe Network. Now here are your hosts for the Snarkist Podcast in Star Wars and Geek Culture, Brian and Nancy. From the outskirts of Anchorhead and on the shores of the Great Shot Flats, you're listening to Tashi Station Radio, the bright center in the universe for all things Star Wars and geek culture. I'm your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is my co-host and wife, Nancy. Hello! On today's episode, we're talking about Bloodline by Claudia Gray and what it contributed to the new canon. We're about to get started, so sit back, grab some power converters, and enjoy the show. And, uh, yeah, we're back. Yay! We are back. Um... You may have noticed that uh, TSR took a one-month hiatus. Um, long story short is uh, that we had been bombarded with um, harassment, abuse, and death threats from uh, certain segments of fandom, and it got to the point where, for the sake of my own depression and anxiety, I needed to take about a, I needed to take about a month off to kind of get everything squared away and uh, get back into a better headspace. Um, so I just wanted to take a little moment before moving on to really express gratitude to the uh, words of kindness and support that uh, many of you uh, sent our direction. That really did mean a lot, and uh, it's good to be back. Um, I, I'm i sorry uh, we had to take that month off, but... Uh, it's something that uh, I needed to do, um, just to uh, just to make sure I was taking care of myself. And now we're back and better than ever. We are back and debatedly better than ever. And we have a cat. Yes, uh, <laughs> since since the last time we recorded a regular TSR, we uh, expanded our pet family by one. Uh, you might hear her chirping in the background. Uh, we adopted a little black cat um, from a friend of ours uh, who took in some strays that showed up on their house. Uh, and uh, this little this little uh, girl's name is Maz Catnata. <laughs> I named her that. Yes. It seemed only appropriate. Maz and Mara are still feeling each other out. Yes. They're, they're fine. There haven't been any skirmishes, really, but... Mara is still a little skeptical of this new this new creature that's in the house. Uh, but she's let Maz play with her tail and not bitten her head off. So I think that's a good sign. <laughs> so far, so good. Yeah. So uh, this is the first time we've podcasted since Maz has gotten a little more exploratory. So... We have her in her cage, which is a very large cage, so don't worry, people. We're not mean to our cat. Yeah, it's a cage that's about three feet deep and taller than me. Yeah, so uh, she's fine, but we have her in there just so you know they don't, you know, get in scuffles or whatever. Which, you know, they probably wouldn't, but just still, for our sanity. And um, she's not happy being in there while we're out here, so you might hear her meow. And, uh, well... We're back. Yay. We're glad we're back. And again, thank you for thank you for the kind words and thoughts. Uh, it really did mean a lot while uh, we were on that little hiatus. Yes. Hey, we haven't done this in a while. Let's hear from our sponsors. Uh, Tashi Station Radio is brought to you in part by our awesome Patreon subscribers. Click the link on Tashi-Station.net for more details and learn how you can support our show of Dyson Droids, Western Reaches, the Tashi Station Book Club. And the Tashi Station blog. And we're also brought to you in part by Her Universe. Flaunt your world with Star Wars, Star Trek, Marvel, Transformers, Doctor Who, and other fandom-inspired wardrobe and jewelry. Click the link on our blog to purchase awesome geek gear and keep the lights running on the podcast. And uh, I think on that note, it's time for Fixers Flash, the geeky things we've been up to. A lot of things. <laughs> uh, I've been doing a lot of writing. Uh, as per usual... I've decided I need to rewrite everything I've written so far <laughs> in this book. Uh, one day I will I will write a book without having to do that. 
And before everyone says to me, you're supposed to write the first draft all the way through before you go back and editing. Yeah, I know. I know. Sometimes that doesn't work for me, like on this book when I was hitting a huge wall, so I needed to go back and fix stuff before I could move forward. The moral of the story is, writing methods differ for everyone. (laughs) That they do. There is no one tried or true method to writing. There is not. Uh, I've been reading a lot uh, for Kozigan. Um, been I have I've kind of stalled on that because I got into Bloodline, but I'm still slowly making my way through the Warrior's Apprentice. Um, I read Carry On since the last time for the book club, I think, um, and of course Bloodline, which we'll be talking about today. And that is May's book club pick. Yes. So if you have been following along with the book club and also following along with Star Wars literature, you are doing double this month. Um, and since I finished Bloodline, I have now started rereading Aftermath in anticipation for Life Debt, which I'm about halfway through Aftermath, and I am enjoying it a lot more the second time around. And I really liked it the first time around. It wasn't my favorite of the Force Friday books. I think I originally rated it like an 8 out of 10. But um, I don't know what it is, but the second time around, I'm really finding it a lot more interesting. I think it's because after seeing The Force Awakens, I'm seeing all these little things that I'm like, oh, oh, this is how it's tying in there. And like I saw someone say something in regards to... um, you know, what Luke and Ben could have been doing during Bloodline and relating to something in Aftermath. And I was like, oh, yeah, that could work. So if you haven't read Aftermath, and, you know, I would I would definitely suggest doing it after reading, after seeing Force Awakens. But even if you have read Aftermath, go back and reread it because I'm pretty sure you'll, you'll pick stuff up. Like, for example, one of the lines is, Tenen snaps his fingers, a habit he picked up from his father. And I was like, well, there it is. There it is. So, yeah. So, um, oh, and also I have uh, started running. Thanks to my time in the Star Wars Dark Side 5K, which I finished and got my medal. So, yay. But also decided that I wanted to actually be able to run it next year if if I end up doing it next year. It's going to be the week after celebration, Shh. which we will be coming Shh. back to. I know that, so I probably won't, but I didn't know that at the time. But still, I want to run anyway because I want to be healthy. Always something. a good goal. Yeah. So that is what I have been up to. What have you been up to, Brian? I've been up to a whole lot of desktop and uh, console gaming. Yes, you have. <laughs> I, I've shelled out money for various components to make this happen. Um, over the weekend, I started playing uh, id Software's remake of Doom, which I am enjoying to pieces. It's very 90s first-person shooter with, a, uh, with modern UI aesthetics, so it's fun. Um... Been playing some Battlefront on the side, and I still suck at it. (laughs) I am only good in the fighter squadron mode. That is the only mode I can play. I'm going to need to get back into Dragon Age, but yeah. You you have so many games that you have that you don't play. You need to play more. See, everyone, listeners, I just want it for the record that I am encouraging my husband to play more video games. You're going to hate me come the Steam summer sale. No, you're not allowed to buy them unless you play them. I will. Especially now that we finally upgraded our Wi-Fi in the house, mm-hmm. so I can actually stream stuff from my desktop PC to my Surface. Yes. Uh, if Oh, and this is, this is partly why I shelled out so much money on this rig. Um, Steam has this really cool feature where you can actually stream games to an underpowered device like a Surface. So your desktop computer does all of the heavy lifting, and it's just displaying everything on your Surface, so I can game anywhere as long as I've got my Surface with me in the house. So it's cool. Um, I'm looking forward to playing with that more. Yes. 
And uh, other geeky things I've been up to, not a whole lot. Just uh, reading a bit of uh, Caliban's War. Um, or is it a bad escape? Whatever the third book a of the expand. I don't third. even. I don't even go there. I, I know that <laughs> third third book in the Expanse series by James S. A. Corey. Enjoying it a lot. Um, that's it for me, though. Mm. Which brings us to what's new on the blog. I mean, I don't think we have time to recap everything that's been on the blog in the last month, but we'll do a high thirty thousand foot overview. Yes. Uh, so we've got a uh, bloodline uh stuff, obviously. Um, we have a full review and a go, no go, um, which we uh, gave it a, a go because, you know, we liked it. Um, also, Bria wrote about Bloodline and Leia's legacy. Um, we got a bunch of comic reviews um, for all of the releases, including Podamron, which we which we have read and, and love Um and very excited for the next issue. And I think once the first arc is finished, we'll probably do like a breakdown discussion on the podcast because it's it's really good. Um, Staff reviewed the game, and I'm going to pronounce it wrong, Liev Oma. That's how I would have pronounced it. Okay, cool. Um, we've got some uh, other episodes of our other podcasts up. Uh, Western Reaches, we got a bunch, several new episodes there. Um, we have our two book club podcasts um i think i think we had the last one up i think we had ancillary justice up before we uh yeah days. we had ancillary justice up um, we do have one for carry yes, on now we carry on um, and just as a reminder every month we end the month with a podcast mm-hmm. uh with nancy and a couple other people, maybe myself, and a guest will pull in yep. from the actual Goodreads book club to discuss the book with us. Yes. Um, so we'll be doing that for the end of the month uh, for Bloodline. We've got Bria and Nick um, from the House Organa shop to talk about Bloodline. They've got no interest in this book. They really don't. So we, Brian and I, are pretty just going to sit back and... Um, chill and let them talk about Leia and the Organas and Alderaan and and Ben Solo and all of this stuff. So it will be fun. Indeed. Um and oh uh, also we should announce uh Sunday of Dice and Droids is back with the Rebel team. Yes. We'll be recording uh at eight PM Eastern and you can watch the game live and see how we play live uh on Google Hangouts and then the podcast will be up later uh, in the week. Yes. Um, very excited about that. Um, we've also got our finally a TFA live commentary track up. That was a ton of fun to record. We got Heather Antos uh, from Marvel and Tom from Del Rey, who also you will know from of Dyson Droids. He's our game master. Uh, they came, they did a they had really great commentary. Um, you know, talk some stuff about you know, being behind the scenes and like knowing stuff about the movie beforehand and that sort of thing, which was which was really cool to get their perspective. And also just because, you know, they're huge Star Wars fans. So it's always fun to watch and uh, and uh, always fun to watch The Force Awakens. And um, speaking of The Force Awakens, Matthew reviewed the Blu-ray. Um, basically, you know, he was fond of the, you know, the actual quality of the blu-ray itself but a little disappointed with the special features which is kind of what i think a lot of people felt um i really liked the behind the scenes documentary which i think we'll talk about next week but um other than that it was kind of i wasn't as impressed as i was with the beginning from phantom menace which i still think is one of my favorite movie documentaries so but yeah we'll talk about the documentary last week uh not as good as that phantom documentary but i still really liked it a lot i liked it too it was it was really neat seeing like stuff we had you know heard about and seeing how they went about like creating the story and like how the art informed the story and the other way around and and you know the meeting when kathleen kennedy talked about you know told them they had their director which was like weeks before they actually announced it which was kind of funny um so yeah it was it was cool and i think that's uh that wraps it up 
Next week's list will be much shorter. Yeah, much shorter. <laughs> All right, Deeks Dirt, news from around fandom, and we have a ton of stuff to get caught up on. Yeah. We're starting with a life debt excerpt. Yay! Um, and for those of you who were disappointed in Aftermath that it didn't feature any of the big three, I think you will be pleasantly... I don't know, surprise, but you will be happy with Life Debt because um, it seems to feature uh, Han, Solo, and Chewie um, a lot. Um, also, Leia, I'm not sure how big a role she'll have in the book, but she does have a role in the book. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the excerpt was a lot of fun. It featured, you know, the characters that we met from the first Aftermath book and, um, and, uh, also, you know, the, them meeting up with Han. And there's also a summary on the Random House site for um, Aftermath. Um, basically, Han and Chewie kind of disappear on their mission to Kashyyyk, which was in one of uh, the start of that was in one of the Aftermath interludes. And Leia, you know, enlists Nora and the others to kind of go look for him. And meanwhile, you know, Ray Sloan is in the background with her, the fleet admiral, trying to build up the Empire again. So I am super excited for Life Debt. Um, I, I was really excited about Bloodline, but I think, I think I'm more excited for Life Debt mainly because I just, I love this, er this era post, like right after Return of the Jedi. I, I, it's so great. <laughs> yeah. And I love the cast in the book. Yeah. I really love all those characters. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. very excited about that. Uh, Bria, whoops, I, <laughs> I am out of practice. You are. There you go. Uh, the Darth Vader comic uh, is ending after issue 25. Yeah, they just announced that. So I know a lot of people were bummed because they really liked that comic. But, um, you know, 25 issues is still, a, you know, a good, good run. And it seems like, you know, they know it's ending. So they're going to be able to wrap everything up and. That with that will be that will be good for yeah, uh, especially a title like that. There's probably there's really only so much you can do considering the starting point, knowing that it has to have a definitive ending point at Return of the Jedi. Yeah, um, and I I'm not keeping up with that comic, so I don't know like how far in the timeline they've gotten. But like I know there was a lot. There's some crossover with the Star Wars with the main Star Wars comic, and I'm wondering now if just you know the Vader stuff is gonna go you know happen in that main title and interested to see what they do um what they replace it with um i i'm wondering if they're gonna do more sequel trilogy era stuff since you know they have the poe comic now i personally would love to see you know luke skywalker Jedi academy adventures in book form or video form or comic form or any form they can give me um but not sure when they'll actually do that because <laughs> movies kind of important to the movies. Yeah. But I mean, they could do like, you know, early on his stories, you know, and that wouldn't have much of an effect on it. No, no. Yeah. Uh, this is cool. And I was so excited for this bit of news. Yes, me uh, too. Friend of the show and friend of us, uh, Amy Ratcliffe, uh, was announced as the behind-the-scenes stage host at Celebration Europe, and I am just going to say, I love it when awesome things happen to supremely awesome people. Yeah. Uh, Amy, I believe, is the first uh, female host for Celebration. I think so. I, I, I think she is. I'm not... I can't remember any from the time I've been going to Celebrations, um... I know five, six, and seven didn't have them. I don't know about f I don't know about the earlier ones, but well, I think the digital stage. I think the digital stage has always been David Collins. I know James started host. I know James hosted started hosting at Celebration six, and I know Jay Lagaya was host for like Celebration five. And Celebration 3, and I think 2 as well, I'm not sure. And I know Anthony Daniels was for mm -hmm. 1. Um, and as far as the behind the stage... I think that's been Pablo. It's been Pablo and then one year of Jason and Jimmy. Yeah, once Pablo stopped doing that. So I'm not sure. Once, not Pablo, once Pablo had to uh, quietly <laughs> hoard the... In 
the knowledge that there would be more Star Wars and it was and the company was being sold. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I don't think he could have been a stage host that year. No, he was. That was. Oh, that's right. He was. Yes, that's why we're all like, how did he do that? I think it was once he got on the story group and, you know, that sort of thing. He's got too much stuff going on. Pablo's got too much to do. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so we are really happy for Amy. Uh, She is an excellent choice. She is. And I hope she gets to repeat uh, soon. Yeah. Soon. (laughs) Uh, the Star Wars show on YouTube debuted. Yes. It's a, the Star Wars show is a seven and a half minute uh, sort of late night-esque talk show mm-hmm. uh, featuring uh, Andy Gutierrez and uh, the- uh, Peter Townley. Peter Townley. Thank yes. you. Sorry, Peter. And he is on Twitter. He is and on Twitter. Townley Peter, I think, is his, is his handle. And I, I, I'm happy for this because- uh, uh, Andy should. I'm I'm happy to see Andy doing more than just Rebels Recon. Yeah, because Andy's awesome. I think. Yeah, I think like the popularity of Rebels Recon kind of made them. It want made to it do, a like, no brainer. Yeah, a general Star Wars show. <laughs> general Star general Wars Star Wars show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's a lot of fun. The first episode. Um, oh, who who was the director they featured on the first episode? Uh, Duncan Jones. Duncan Jones from Warcraft. And the second episode featured the band Churches, so it yeah. looks to be a very wide and varied guest lineup, yeah. which I'm excited for. Yeah, it'll be cool to see like you know different and people who we, like Star Wars. We have to talk about this. The latest episode introduced official art of Sienna Ree. Yes. Which and it was very cool art. Yeah, it was very cool. Um it was kind of exactly how I pictured her based on, you know, what uh you know, what we saw what the description of her was in the book and um Claudia Gray has sort of fan cast her. Um and you know the artwork is pretty much exactly how I had pictured her. So I I, I think they said they might be doing other ones, um, which would be very cool. Um, I, I am hoping for the Aftermath crew because that would be that would be really cool. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. And not just because I want to see Sinjir, <laughs> but partly because I want to see Sinjir. Let's see. What, what did Chuck? Uh, how did Chuck describe Sinjir yesterday on Twitter? Uh, the, the man, man baby... baby of Michael Fassbender and Oda Fair. Yes, please. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I approve of that. Yeah. Uh, there was some May the 4th stuff that was pretty interesting. J.J. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Abrams and Lin-Manuel uh, Miranda uh, yeah. did Ham for Ham yes. and performed Jabba Flow mm-hmm. on video and then announced that it was available on iTunes. Yes, yeah, so we have it uh, and we have um, listened to it numerous times and we've just, discovered- Just a tip- it loops perfectly. It does loop perfectly, and uh, I will, I will, I will demonstrate that now uh, by playing it a little bit. So that's the beginning, and now I'm gonna skip ahead to like the very end. Oh no, it didn't work. There, you get to hear it again. They can barely, barely hear that. Your microphone does not pick up sound that well. Well, shut up. <laughs> There we go. Jabba flow. Jabba flow. If you're having, if you're in a bad mood or having a bad day, listen to Jabba flow and you'll feel. Now, better. as for the rest of you who have been waiting thirty years for the sail barge music, I'm sorry. I ha- that's me. I have been waiting like, boo 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 boo. Why am we? Why don't I have that? I don't know. I've I want got it too. Lofty neck. I've got Jedi rocks. I've got the source music from the Ewoks. I've got Java's Baroque recital, but I don't have. I would use that as bumper music if I had it. The sad, the sad thing is that there probably a track for that probably does not exist anymore. I know it's such a bummer. Somebody cover that, please. Give us. I need someone to just grab an old Yamaha DX7 <laughs> out of your attic, plug it in, and just. Rec- and just some do some layered recordings of that, please. Give us the sound barge music, <laughs> please. I beg you, someone, anyone. So that was released on May the fourth, and there wasn't really any sort of other like movie news or anything like that 
on May the 4th. Which could have been disastrous, but... They decided to give us some other news, which was that... April 2017, Celebration returns to the U.S. for Celebration Orlando. Yay! We're not excited about this at all! Party at Casa de Schwartz Larsen. Actually, no, because... He actually did book a hotel. (laughs) Yes. So April 13th through the 16th at the Orange County Convention Center. Uh, If you've been to Celebration 5 or 6, it is the same convention center. So hopefully you'll be a little familiar with the rooms and the the eateries and stuff around. But um, we are actually going to do in the months leading up to celebration discuss you know some of the restaurants around there where you can go to eat um how to get around orlando either you if you choose to rent a car or if you choose to use you know yeah, we'll other help transportation. We'll, we'll help you have a pro and con checklist for if you need if you need to get a car or not yeah and uh we'll do some other guides things to do before or after celebration because hey like anaheim we have this thing here called disney world Mm -hmm. that you might be interested in there's this thing called hollywood studios where they're building a lot of star wars stuff and have and have things in there and there's also this thing called Universal Studios with the Harry Potter, which you may enjoy. Mm-hmm. We're going to have guides for you on how to do this, all, when to do all of that, how to get around during celebration, what to do after the convention hours, all sorts of things like that. Yeah. Because we live here and we have nothing better to do. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Come back. Uh, we'll probably be starting that series uh, January, February next year. Yeah, probably around Somewhere that. in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're very excited about that. We are, yes. I, I'm i still working on um figuring out how to get all of Rogue Podron in one place so we can <laughs> have them record a live episode together we'll in just person. throw them in our car, drive them to our house, sit them down, and make them podcast. <laughs> yes, it'll be glorious. <laughs> yes. Uh, Big's Bullshit Star Wars film news. Uh, Mark Hamill, Daisy Ridley, and Adam Driver uh, were filming in Ireland and Northern Ireland. I believe that's already wrapped up. Yes, I think so, too. Um, uh, Mark Hamill, as usual, was a complete ham. Uh, There was really funny pictures of Adam and Daisy arriving in the airport uh, trying to be all incognito. And Mark Hamill's like, hey, I'm Mark Hamill, pointing at the camera. Uh, And... I know he went out and met with people at, you know, at the pub and like other stuff. And he's just wonderful. I love that man so much. Um, And of course, you know, I have so many theories and speculation about what is happening and what they're filming and why all three of them are there. But um, I've also told myself that I'm not going to speculate anymore because all of my theories are turning out to be wrong. And I would rather just sit back and let the story happen and not have to alter my headcanon, which happened to a lot of people with Bloodline, I believe. <laughs> Just a few. So, yeah. Um, and in other Star Wars film news, I'm going to say his name wrong, but Alden Ehrenreich. That's, uh, that's how I would have gone with it. All right, so good. We're, we're good. both wrong. Is uh, the new Han Solo, according to every trade magazine, but not yet Lucasfilm. And we'd like to remind you that it's not official until it comes from Lucasfilm. Yeah. I think you can probably go with this is as official as it's going to get. Th- this is as probable as it this gets. Is, this is like when Felicity Jones was cast, but they hadn't announced anything yet. Yeah, every um, trade, every trade pub. Said, said she so. said so, except in, but it wasn't announced until that that uh, earnings call. So I would imagine we'd be getting a um, oh, there's a cat. I'd imagine we'd be getting some sort of announcement soon, um, if only because they are gonna probably start filming as soon as episode eight ends filming, which is probably sometime around August, September, October, um. And uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see who else is cast in the movie if they tell us. So yeah, um, Han Solo. 
Yay, Han Solo. I have no I know nothing about this person, which I'm kind of glad about because I don't want Apparently he's another Cohen Brothers choice actor. Uh he was in uh Hail Caesar. Okay. So yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's time for Cammy's concerns. And this week we are talking about Bloodline by Claudia Gray. Yeah. And I I guess we have to start with our initial thoughts of the book. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed it. Um, Delray provided us with a review copy, which we are very grateful for. Um, or not a re- It wasn't a review copy. It's a finished copy, but we got it beforehand. Yeah, it, it was an actual <laughs> publication copy. Yeah. We just got it a couple of weeks early. Yeah. So thank you, Delray, for uh, getting that to us so we could get uh, reviews and discussion out in timely fashion and thank you brian for letting me read it first <laughs> yes uh so while you were di- so while you were reading it first i got the audio book um from random house i still owe you a review random house i'm very sorry i've been so busy lately uh the audio book was great yeah i um i heard like the last third of the book a little bit more than that um and uh, I, I was, I'm impressed with the quality. I'm not, if, I'm not a huge fan of audiobooks, but it's, it's definitely a good, a good production. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the book. Um, I, I will say, I, I think I had more fun with Aftermath, but this is the first of the new canon books I would say is necessary reading. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think, I think this I would say is the best book of the new canon. Um, as far as the adult books go. I, I think it's the best written and um, it's definitely has the most impact to the canon. Um, but I think Aftermath for me was a little more enjoyable. I'm a little more excited about Life yeah. Debt. But. Yeah, uh, Bloodline was a great book. Aftermath was kind of more of my jam. They're both great, though. And if you haven't read either one, you should. Yes, but... Um, I, I really like I, I found myself getting very, you know, sucked into bloodline and the politics are all very good. Um, you know, it does politics extremely well. It's the Leia book I've wanted forever. And I am so glad that we got a Leia book without Han. Hi, there's Maz. <laughs> yeah, Maz is being very chirpy right Maz now. Maz likes the book, too. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Han is in the book a little bit, but, um, I, I was so glad that it was, you know, he just kind of came in and out and it was all the focus was on Leia because that didn't really happen a lot in Legends. And I'm really glad to see that and kind of put for at the forefront how important she was and especially how important she is to the resistance. And obviously if you haven't figured us out by now, we're going to spoil the book completely. So (laughs) Yeah, so we're beyond uh, the two-week moratorium that we typically impose for ourselves. So if you have not read this book yet, tune out. And since um, we are discussing this on the book club later in the month, the book club is going to be more our general impressions and talking about, like, the book as a, like, at... The book, the book's merits as a work of fiction. Yeah, that's going to be much more of a review podcast. Yeah, this is going to be more of a. How does this relate to yeah, what we know? <laughs> how does this weave into the tapestry of Star Wars? Yeah, since the book club is isn't Star Wars in general. Um. um so a little while ago, Pablo had a series of tweets mm-hmm. about Bloodline that were super interesting. Yes. Um, so yeah, what did we learn from that? Uh, well, I'll, I'll just go ahead and read them starting uh, you know, from the top. Some Bloodline fun facts. I'll try to keep them spoiler-free. Claudia Gray did an amazing job combining a number of story threads. First tweet. Second tweet. The scandalous revelation in the book was actually a pitch for a pre-TFA animated short proposed back in 2012 called Scandal of Blood. Now... I really love Bloodline. Yes. A part of me wants to see the alternate universe where they did this short. Well, I'm intrigued. I, I think this, I think it worked well as prose fiction. Um, one of the things the story group have said their role is, is to figure out the best way to tell different stories. 
I think the choice to make Bloodline a novel was a good decision because you can really get into the characters. Yeah, heads. no, I I absolutely agree. This worked best. But I am very intrigued at the idea of animated shorts. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Is that idea still in play? Yeah, are they good for other subjects? Yeah, like TV shows or movies or even just like not a movie but like a 60 hour spe- 60 minute special or something like that, you know? That would be really interesting. I'm still crossing my fingers for that the the sh- the next show after Rebels is a, you know, sort of Jedi Academy show with Mark Hamill in it, but that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, so third tweet, the disposition of the New Republic, its political factions, and the napkin incident were pieces that came from Ryan Johnson. Which I, that's not what I expected his input to be. I expected his input to be more along the lines of like, so... Luke and Ben are off page all of the book. Mm-hmm. Leia thinks about them. She sends messages to them, but they are incommunicado. And uh, I I figured his input was going to be something along what was happening with Luke and Ben at this time because it contributes to the backstory of, you know, how Ben became Kylo, which would probably come up in episode eight and nine. Um, the political stuff is very interesting and um, it kind of goes into a lot of what I've heard rumored about episode eight and I don't keep up with spoilers, but I have heard a bunch of people saying that it's probably going to be more political than the force awakens, which isn't hard because force awakens wasn't very political, but now that we're into the story, it seems like the perfect time that they can sort of get into that aspect yeah now that now that the characters are introduced we've gotten to know them and we've gotten their arc started this is when it works better to start showing the political foundations of the state of the universe so i i i'm gonna be really interested to see um if this sort of political dichotomy that ryan contributed to this uh carries over into episode eight yeah I, I yeah, it's it'll be really interesting. I think I think the idea that, you know, they're gonna be showing more of the Senate and everything or what's left of the Senate um would be very is interesting. Um the next one is very interesting. Uh Casterfo is a character and I it's Casterfo, but I can't I help it. I say Okay, Kisterfo. the audiobook also said Casterfo, so I'm going with that but even Claudia though. Claudia Gray said it's wrong. But I still like Kisterfa better. Well, she also said that it was Sienna. Yes. And then we turned her to Sienna. Yeah. So, but in we, the Star Wars show, they did say Sienna. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's Sienna and Kisterfa. Kisterfa is a character that existed in various forms in the earliest versions of the Force Awakens story, and Claudia Gray gave him distinct life. So that is very interesting. That that character was going to be or at least an archetype of that character has been in there really since almost the beginning yeah i and i mean he's a fantastic character i i i there are few villains or few antagonists he's not really a villain there are few antagonists that are written well enough to go from me wanting to just punch them Uh to me feeling just horrible awful sympathy yeah for them and credit once again to claudia gray because she did something she did similar work in lost stars she writes some of the most amazing antagonists Mm -hmm. i've run into yeah yeah and i don't even know if i'd even consider him an antagonist because he's just i mean you can cut i i think i think in the context of this book he is the primary antagonist yeah it's it's definitely not an antagonist in the traditional sense. Right. There are definitely other sort of more periphery antagonists, but he's the primary antagonist. Yeah. Uh, next tweet. The scandal of blood idea is what Rain, it's Rain Roberts from the story group, and I called Star Wars House of Cards and said, this should be a book someday. Four years later, it is. So, very cool. 
And I, I'm really glad that they took that whole idea about their parents being Darth Vader and turned it into a book because that was one of the things I feel like Legends dropped the ball on. Is that having that be a big, huge deal? Yeah, here you're sitting on the most mind-blowing reveal that you could show to the galaxy. And it never seemed to really matter. Yeah. This is the first time this bit of knowledge has really had big implications. Yeah, and it had implications in Legends, but on a very smaller scale. like On a much smaller scale. In the last scale. command, Mara finds out that Luke is Vader's father, and it completely changes her entire worldview when she finds that out. Um, and that's one of my favorite moments from Legends, period, is her finding that out, because it completely changes the way she thinks of Luke, it completely changes the way she thinks of the Emperor and Vader. Um, another... Um, um, he tells his students at the Jedi Academy that Vader was his father, and it kind of shocks them all because this person who they think is so, you know, pure is, you know, his father was the most evil person in the galaxy <laughs> or second most evil. So those types of moments happen, but never this whole galaxy wide, <gasps> you know. Because it always felt like that nugget of knowledge should have bigger yeah. implications and we see it in bloodline. Yeah. And I um I have thoughts on whether or not I like um <laughs> on what I think about that as a whole, but we'll get to it later on. Um so yeah, that's those were his tweets about that. Um and um as we said Ryan Johnson had input um, and it was the the whole napkin incident and the political issues, which kind of makes us think that that will play a part more in episode eight. So um, getting into how it affects Star Wars canon and the whole timeline and the galaxy as a whole. Um, the big thing right off the bat is that as this story is happening, Ben is still Ben. Now, there is some debate about whether or not this happened, whether or not he turned before the book happened and Leia just didn't know it. And that's why they're incommunicado if it's happening during the story. And that's why they're incommunicado. Or if them being incommunicado is just a coincident, a very bad coincidence and it happens after the revelation. Or if they're just using the incommunicado because they don't want to commit one way or another yet. Yeah. So, but either way, the point is, is that Ben Solo turns to the dark side way later than most people assumed. Um, Which, you know, I, I get that some people are annoyed because Han refers to him as a boy uh, when he describes what happened. But... Darth Vader also refers to Luke as just a boy in The Empire Strikes Back when he is 22 years old. Mm-hmm. So I I will say this. I don't think the turn happened before Bloodline. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I say that is because while Leia may not be traditionally strong in the Force like a Luke or an Anakin, I think the films have shown enough context clues that she has this force-driven empath ability yes. that is greater than anyone else and bloodline, currently living. And Bloodline also hammers that point home. You know, she said that's how, you know, Luke has said that's how the force manifests in Leia, you yeah. know, that, and, her, that her instinct and everything is, is part of the force. And I think if... Ben had turned before Bloodline mm-hmm. or even during Bloodline, Leia would. Yeah. Leia may not know, but Leia would strongly su- suspect something's wrong. And I think also, you know, there was discussion today on Twitter about, well, if it was a more gradual turn, she might not have sensed it. Um, but if she had thought, like, so th- 
they sent Luke away. They sent him away to train with Luke um, because of the Vader thing. But so if Leia had any sort of inkling that Ben was on this path, I feel like it's something she would have thought of when the revelation came to Mm -hmm. a forefront. Yeah. Um, So, but like I said, I am not speculating. I'm I'm not committing myself one way or the other. I'm not. Because all the stories are doing other things. And I, I like them all as they're told. It's just hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. I mean, I could, I'm, I could easily be wrong on that. I just have a hard time seeing how the turn happens before or during bloodline. Yeah. Um, and, Mostly, I'm I'm stopping committing myself because of the next issue, <laughs> which is a lot of people assuming that uh, Ray being left on Jakku was somehow related to Ben turning dark. And I think it's fairly obvious now that the timelines just don't work to make that happen. Unless Ray has memories of her being on Jakku a lot longer than she was. Um, you know, she was around five years old when she was left, which would be like 14 years ago before The Force Awakens. Um, Force Awakens is about six years after Bloodline. So uh, she would be... So let's see... I'm trying to think of, does it work out? I have to do math now. <laughs> I, I, I I recall someone crunching the numbers and it just didn't line yeah. up at all. But yeah, so it, it's kind of bummer because I, I really liked that theory. But um, yeah, that's that's why I'm not committing myself anyway. So yeah, I'm, I'm doing math now. You can continue. The ne- <laughs> you can continue with the next one. Uh, yeah. So the galaxy not knowing about Vader being Anakin Skywalker in the old EU, it seemed weird that at a certain point, everybody in the galaxy knew and was just okay with it. Yeah. Here, it's no one knows outside of Luke, Han, and Leia. Yeah, and Leia says reflects in the book during the whole like the that whole revelation scene that she doesn't even know because she's like trying to figure out how does Casterfo know about this because she doesn't even know if Han has told Chewie mm-hmm. about it. Um, also, when you're done with this thought, I have we have to dig. I have to come back to Han in this whole thing. Okay, <laughs> just putting that note there now. Okay. Um, so I'm torn about this because I feel like Luke's would I feel like Luke would want this to be known because I feel like he, I feel like he I feel like it's something he would he would want people to know like that his father was able to come back from the dark side, you know, because so many people believe that was impossible to do. And he even, like, even the book says, you know, whenever he talks about what happened to Leia, like, his expression always changes when he talks about their final moments on the Death Star and, you know, how how he came back from the dark side. Um, so I can also see him not wanting to tell people because it's, you know, he doesn't want people's opinion of Anakin Skywalker to be marred. And as we see in Bloodline, they, <laughs> you know, once they find out that Darth Vader is Leia's father, they basically want nothing to do with her. Uh, uh, also, James in the chat did some math and Ray would be about 16 in Bloodline. I, ca- I got 13. I'm bad at math, so I don't know. <laughs> well, if she's 19 during The Force Awakens and Bloodline happens six years before The Force Awakens, that would make her 13. And so if she's five, like around five, then she would have to be left on Jakku eight years before Bloodline. Okay, J- J- James said you're correct. It's 13. <laughs> Yay, I can math. James, I'm giving you a long distance high five for the bad at math Asians club. <laughs> Aww. Um, so yeah, 
So she would have had, had to have been left on Jakku eight years before Bloodline, which is kind of, which still raises the question, why the hell was she left there? If the galaxy was at peace, why was she dumped on this junkyard planet? Inquiring minds want to know. I feel we may find some answers in Star Wars Episode 8. I think we won't, because they're mean. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I go back and forth. I, I, I think Luke would want people to know, and he'd want to be honest, because that's what he does. But then he also doesn't want people to be to have this marred opinion about Anakin Skywalker. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's so strange that no one knows and that they haven't told Ben and he's like 24 years old which I kind of think is like Leia I understand you want to find the right moment but dear god you need to tell your child (laughs) I feel like Luke and Leia got into some very heated arguments as it pertains to Ben I yeah I mean I can I can see Luke deferring to Leia as far as the galaxy knowing about Anakin Skywalker being Darth Vader because of you know her influence in the Senate and not wanting to harm that and him knowing that it's really important for her to have a big role and also you know he is rebuilding the Jedi and as we see people start to question him um after finding this out. Oh, and that was the most heartbreaking part of that revelation is Leia immediately going to, oh no, no what no. have I done to Luke? She, no, she's like, no, no, no. Like, she doesn't care what happens to her, but they cannot do this to Luke. And I'm like, no, oh, I love you, Leia. <laughs> but, and she's like, how, after he saved the galaxy for you, how dare you? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, Leia. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like, I feel like it was a big mistake for them not to tell Ben I don't blame them for it. I don't think they're bad parents, but I feel like it's one of the things that they just, they kept keeping it a secret and eventually it just, they, it it's probably got one away of those, from It's them. probably one of those things where they got, they were able to keep it a secret long enough. That was maybe never they a start, good time. Maybe they, may, part of it, it's never a good time and maybe this false sense of, of security where I, we haven't had to say anything now. Well, and are then, we ever going to have to? And also, probably worrying if Ben, if they tell Ben, he'll say, "Why didn't you tell me before?" You mm-hmm. know, it reminds me of when I used to watch Lois and Clark. <laughs> I love how every one of these discussions we can bring it to Lois and Clark. Nancy, this have- is why. Never done that you, before. You have done this before. I have never. Yes, what, you have. When? Oh, come on! It's happened, listeners. I give me examples. I know it's happened. No. Yes. The point is that Clark Kent wanted to tell Lois many times about him being Superman, but he had kept the secret for so long, and they were dating, so there was never a good time because then she was going to be mad at him for keeping it a secret. So it's like a perpetual cycle. See, it does relate. It does relate. Yeah. I just love that you can make these connections with Lois and Clark. Shut up. It's a good show. (laughs) I mean, it's not, but I love it anyway. So, yeah. It was the right kind of campy. Yeah. So, yeah, I have a lot of feelings about that whole issue. And I really want to know, like, I I feel like luke would be like okay i will defer to you on the whole galaxy as a whole thing but dear god you need to tell ben especially once he starts training as a jedi especially if he's showing tendencies to the dark side you say this is what happens leia as your son's jedi master i feel it is important he knows this yeah but i mean then again you know jason solo saw video of his grandfather choking his grandmother and was just like oh that's cool. So who knows how he would have reacted. <laughs> so you wanted to go back to Han. Yes. And the the bits where um where uh where it's discussed how Han knew the whole time. Yeah. And didn't care 
just stuck with Leia throughout it all and would and you knew in reading this that he would absolutely deck anyone who gave Leia any shtick for it. Mm-hmm. He didn't care. He's good guy Han Solo. He is a good guy. <laughs> and boy, this book really turns, really, uh, really blows up uh, head cannons and fa- fan theories that Han and Leia's relationship was bad. Yeah. Um, I never got the impression that their relationship was always terrible in The Force Awakens. Um, obviously, in The Force Awakens, they've been estranged from some time. But there was never any sort of indication that they weren't still in love with each other. Mm -hmm. And I Um, feel like being estranged is a very natural reaction to, oh, dear, our son just became a wannabe Sith Lord. Yeah. um, Yeah. I I mean, we still don't know how long exactly they've been estranged because we don't know, like, you know, how long between... You know, we know there's six years, give or take, between Bloodline and The Force Awakens. But really, like, we don't know how long they've been apart. Um, and we see in Bloodline, their relationship isn't conventional, but it's not bad by any It's not conventional, but... But they're they, not it's, conventional. It's portrayed as their relationship is set up in a way where it works for both of them, and they're... While they miss each other, they're content with how it, it's all working. Yeah, and yeah. that's more that I that I feel is more of a positive in positive in their column mm-hmm. is that despite the fact that their circumstances forces them to have this unconventional relationship, they're still just deeply in love with each other. Yeah, so I I was really pleased with how their relationship was portrayed. And again, that we didn't, you know, just focus on that and the story. It was Leia's story and Han was a supporting character, but that he, he, you know, he showed up and saved the day, but there wasn't sort of any kind of damsel in distressness about it, which I really liked. You uh, know? It was exactly how that scene should have been written. Yeah. Um. So going back to the whole revelation about Vader um we mentioned that they you know Lady Sir Carice does oh I hate her yeah I I hate her so much I hate her guts um she does bring up the whole issue about Luke Skywalker and how Vader being their father has would affect him as a Jedi which makes me think how does this affect the galaxy's view of the Jedi as a whole um it, nothing good <laughs> right well because i feel like the jedi like they don't feel the get ga- i feel like the galaxy is kind of very ambivalent towards the jedi at this point in time they went from you know jedi being warrior protectors of the galaxy mm-hmm. to jedi being enemies of the state and now, like Luke was the only Jedi for a really for a long yeah. time. Now it's like, oh, how how quaint of you from this bygone era. You just you you just do your thing. Yeah, and like Luke has been out of the public eye for a long time. Um, you know, he's been presumably training Jedi. Um, I don't I don't think Ben was his first Jedi trainee. Um, so, you know, the question is like. After this, does the galaxy sort of turn on them as a whole? And once they are kind of wiped out again, does are there Jedi still alive in the galaxy and hiding because of the unfavorable view of Jedi? You know, it, it's kind of it's kind of interesting to think about the possibilities Boy, that in, there are other Jedi in, in this the way. This revelation may be the saving grace for Luke's order. Maybe they were forced to go into hiding because of this revelation. Mm-hmm. And because of that, Snoke doesn't know how many of them are actually out there. Yeah. See, I just, I love the idea that there are Jedi like hiding in the galaxy that they don't know about and that we all think Luke is. <sighs> I love the idea of Luke's order just having these shadow Jedi mm-hmm. just <laughs> blending in yeah. and just waiting. Mm hmm. But yeah, so 
it's very interesting to see like that the Jedi aren't involved in the New Republic at all. And I was very, very, very happy to see that because, dear God, he fixed his mis- he fixed the old order's mistakes and then some. <laughs> um. Finally, one of the big things this book does is shows the beginnings of the Resistance. Oh, that last chapter. I could read that last chapter over and over and over again. <laughs> oh, I loved it so much. Yeah, so basically, Leia knows that the Senate is not going to further investigate the First Order. They think the threat is over with. And she's lost whatever authority she had there. Yeah. She has no influence over them anymore. Yeah. So what does Leia do? Leia does what she always does. She takes matters into her own damn hands. Mm Mm-hmm. So all the people who have supported her over the years, all of her, you know, the friends she's made in the Republic, you know, Snap, Joff from the book, um, other pilots, um, they all meet and uh, form the Resistance. So, yeah. And they check off guns, some explosives. Yeah, they've they've got some uh, thermal detonators, uh, which I saw a great fan theory that the, some of those detonor, detonators were used by Han and Chewie to blow up Starkiller Base. <laughs> I'm sticking to that. I know, right? It's great. It's don't, awesome. Don't say yes or no. Just let us have that. Uh, yeah, just, just let us have that. <laughs> if it's false, just don't say anything. Yeah. So, yeah, we see how early the Resistance started and why it was so hard for Leia to get support. You know, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of people say, well... Why wasn't the Resistance, you know, fighting the First Order? And why weren't they doing this? And it's because most of them didn't want to believe it was there or didn't know it was there. And the the Republic had to secretly help the Resistance because most of them didn't like Leia. And (laughs) after the events of this book, you know that the people who have joined the Resistance are loyal beyond words. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because you, because, you know... Leia is persona non grata, you know, and she's not going to get that back, which is bullshit. But, you know, what can you do? Yeah, what can you do? You start a resistance. That's what you do. <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I think we're going to wrap up our discussion of Bloodline there, but because we got to save a bunch of this for the book club. And again, I'm going to encourage you end of the month. Uh listen to the Tashi Station book club. We're going to live stream it. We'll have it in a feed uh, or in the Tashi Station radio mega feed that you can download. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, ah, I love this book. One thing I did want to yes. go back to, Leia not being a Jedi. What was your opinion on that? Uh, I've always thought that Leia not being a Jedi fits her character the best. And that's, yeah. and I, I don't agree with I don't buy into the idea that it's a slight on her character if she's not a Jedi. Yeah. This Leia the politician is Leia choosing her own path. Right. And she has dedicated she had dedicated her whole life to public service and to the affairs of the galaxy. She's just not going to walk away from that to be a Jedi because her skills in this arena are so strong. Mhm. I agree. I think that I, I I don't think I don't think it ever made sense for her to be a full Jedi. I like her getting more training from Luke. I really hope that he did give her some tr- formal training to you know, help I, her I have, hone. Her I have skills. to think she did get some formal training. But I feel like the fact that Leia has this Force sensitivity, she's Anakin Skywalker's daughter. She's obviously extremely strong in the Force, and Luke believe so as well but the fact that she still does what she wants to do is a really important message because it's not like the old jedi order where you were taken from your parents and forced to become a jedi leia in this book was a leia that said screw destiny screw what other people want me to do yeah i am blazing my own path for myself 
Right. Which is, that's probably the reason I love this book the most. And I think it's, I think it's for Luke and Leia, it's, they are so complimentary, you know, and in Legends, Luke was also a public figure. Um, I really like the contrast of Leia being the public figure and not being a Jedi, Luke being the Jedi and being the private figure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have no issues with the path Leia took. Yeah. I think it makes the most sense for her. And I think a lot of the issues people have is because they want to see more female Jedi. I think the answer to that problem is not to make Leia a Jedi, but it's to make... to make more female characters. Yes, like Rey. <laughs> or, you know, just... I mean, Luke has to train Jedi. So if we finally get this Luke and Ben novel, which... God damn it, we need to get that. Um, I, I really hope there are, you know, some Lady Jedis around there. Yeah, and as James points out in the chat, Lady Jedi, Rey. Yeah. Now let's get some more. Yeah, right? All right, so uh, again, like we said, um, Tashi Station Book Club this month, uh, we're recorded at the end of the month. It is covering Bloodline, so tune in then to listen to me wanting to pinch Joff Sea Striker's cheeks and me <laughs> wanting to hug Greer Sunnell. Yes. Oh, Greer. All right. I think we're going to wrap up there, Nancy. Yes. There's so much more to talk about. Uh, there book. is, which is why, again, we're doing the book club. <laughs> yes. Come back then. Yeah. All right. This episode of Tashi Station Radio has been brought to you in part by Her Universe and you, our Patreon subscribers. Check out the links on the site. Help us keep the lights on. On Twitter, you can find us with the handles Tashi underscore station. That's the official show account. You can find Nancy with Nancy Pants. That's Nancy with an I. You can find me with Lane Winry, L-A-N-E-W-I-N-R-E-E. -E. On Facebook, we are the Tashi Station Network. We are available on the iTunes store stitcher and google play if you like what you hear do leave a review it helps us grow the show uh you can find our columns and news at tashi-station.net thanks for listening to another episode catch us next week when we're talking about the documentary on the tfa blu-ray disc bye so long This podcast has been brought to you by Majestic Draft Productions and is the official podcast of TashiStation.net. All Star Wars names, music, and logos are property of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Tashi Station Radio is not endorsed by Lucasfilm or any division of the company. Now go pick up some power converters. Oh, 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 oh